Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. David Essel in the box with you. Welcome aboard, gang. XM Satellite Radio 168, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255-1-800-548-8255. Celebrating 21 years in radio, bringing nothing but positive Positive, positive talk. Uh, coming up in just a couple minutes, we have Andrea Adler, TV, Broadway actress, journalist, and so much more with her book, her brand new novel that won this huge award in Los Angeles, Pushing Upward, a spiritual novel. We'll be talking to Andrea in just a couple minutes. And I wanted to uh, make a reference to our last caller last hour, Martin. And if I got the gist of his of his statement question, you know, I think one of the problems that we have in life with all this information, when it comes to making a decision, we don't make decisions much anymore. We continue to search. Isn't that interesting? It's like we're searching for the exact perfect X, the perfect formula, the perfect uh, seven steps to the perfect whatever it might be. And so many times we get handcuffed, we get stuck on this fence. Instead of acting and taking chances and making, uh, writing the book or asking someone out and facing the potential rejection, we go, you know, I just want to, there's got to be another workshop, there's got to be another book, there's got to be another program, there's got to be another online course I could take that would uh, that give me exactly... I think we're so overloaded with information and education that we have made it difficult to act in life. We've made it challenging to act in life. It used to be much simpler, didn't it? It used to be because there weren't that many choices. So you, you went to the library and you picked up the two books on becoming more successful in life. And you go, well, I might as well follow one or the other. What do I got to lose, right? And now all of a sudden you go and you, you go to Amazon.com and there's 10 trillion. You go, what the heck, right? And we've, uh, it seems like maybe we've lost our ability to trust our intuition instead of saying, I think, you know, I think I'm good. I think I've got the information I need. I just need to take a chance and see what happens here. Instead of doing that, we hesitate and hold and wait, hoping for that miracle something. I know what happens in my life. Absolutely. I have to keep reminding myself. So I'm really talking to me right now, and you're hanging out there, and maybe there's a benefit to you as well, right? But think about that. Just think about it. Like, what am I on the fence about? How long have I been on the fence? What am I afraid of making a decision? Why am I afraid of being, uh, of failing, of being rejected? Why am I so afraid of succeeding? Why am I, why, 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 why? Why don't I just do it? Thank you, Nike. Why don't I just rock with this? Why don't I just take the damn chance and leap? Julia Cameron, an author of The Artist's Way, she had a great quote in her book, says, leap and the net will appear. Ah, how I love that philosophy. Leap and the net will appear. I think we could all benefit from that. 1-800-548-548. 8255 1-800-548-8255. My guest right now, Andrea Adler, TV, Broadway actress, journalist, author of multiple books, including her brand new one, Pushing Upward, a novel. And it happens to be a spiritual novel. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. 
Your yeah, this is going to be this is going to be fun. So, okay, I want to go right to the end. Okay, this is the usually these are the questions we ask at the very end of the interview, Andrea. But I want to ask you it right up front. Okay. <laughs> if there was one theme that you prayed that everyone who finished your novel pushing upward walked away with now it could be different for everyone but but the theme is the same what might it be oh i think i know what that answer is it would be pushing upward is not a bra it's a state of mind (laughs) because this state of mind that i had hoped people walked away with because they understood that Sandra Billings, the heroine, the 21-year-old heroine of the story, really strives to live her life with one foot on God, one foot on the world, keeping her balance and her sense of humor. And I mm. loved what you said uh, when, before you introduced me about making these decisions and having so many choices. And, you know, we used to just flip a coin and then we <laughs> right. make a decision, right? Now yeah. we have the books and the CDs and the Internet. And, and Sandra, in Pushing Upward, found the I Ching. And these, you know, many divination tools help us to make those decisions. We are, obviously, our own oracle. You know, when we meditate and we go deep inside, we have all the answers. We don't really have to look outside. But when we want that second opinion... We look for signs, and it could be on the license plate on the car in front of us. Right. Or it could be where we throw the I Ching, which gives us that second opinion. Or we do the tarot. You know, some people are drawn to different divination tools, which is why I love them and fell in love with the I Ching particularly. Go ahead, and for our, our, our listeners that are not familiar with the I Ching, go ahead and, and describe the type of tool that is. Well, in my 20s, in my, in my own life, and, you know, this whole story is based on my own journey uh, in many ways. I've fictionalized it, embellished it, exaggerated it at times, but it's, it's truly based on my own story because in my early 20s, I had a very challenging time making decisions. I came from the Midwest, came to Los Angeles to pursue a theatrical career, and was very lost and confused and didn't have a strong spiritual foundation, nor did I have a a family that really supported me. So I was always looking outside and not inside. And I happened to pick up this book, I Ching, The Book of Changes, that helped me to understand the changes that were going on within me and also to help me to reveal, which also helped me, reveal my own unconscious behaviors. So it became this incredible tool for me and has been for millennium. I mean, this book is, you know, has been, you know, since 1000 B.C., where kings and sages used this book to make decisions not just for themselves but for the thousands of people that would be as the result of a decision that they made. So they were very careful about making decisions. Mm-hmm. This is the most challenging thing we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And we want to trust ourselves. We want to go to people that we trust to bounce off ideas. But, for instance, in the last few days, I have really thought about 
moving from Southern California. And I kept asking, where's the next place? Now, I used to go to astral cartographers and, you know, just, but I've been meditating for 35 years. So I know the process of going inside and just being quiet, not picking up a book, not picking up a newspaper, not watching television, but really walking around and listening to my own inner voice. And when we really do that, the answers come. I had a dream. All of a sudden, these messages and these signs would start coming to me. It's time to go back to the East Coast. Mm. And in fact, I thought about going to Calabasas, California. and started. I got in my car this morning, and I started driving out there. And a quarter of the way down the freeway, I went, this is not the place. Mm. So, so, so where is it? Where where is it? East Coast that you think you're going? I'm not sure. I'm looking at Woodstock. I'm looking at you know, it, New York is my roots. My son is there. Um, he's just gotten married. So I really do want to be close to family again. And mm-hmm. I moved out to California to pursue this writing career and wanted to make sure the book had been placed in the right place, which it has. Hay House is a fabulous publisher. And I've mm-hmm. written a screenplay based on this book. So that's in place. We're tweaking it. And so all these pieces of the puzzle that I wanted to accomplish, I've accomplished. And now I can go back home. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There, there, is, there is a lot of confusion that's so interesting. Your book and what this whole thing we're talking about, the philosophy of change. There's a lot of confusion. People not trusting that intuition and feeling that there's got to be someone outside of themselves to give them the, to be the guide, right? Well, you know, this is, a, you know, a very powerful time in our, you know, in our history, where if you do not have a strong spiritual foundation, you will be lost. You will be constantly mm-hmm. confused and off balance. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're meditating or chanting or believe in Jesus or Allah, Buddha, whoever, it is time to connect with Source, whatever that mm-hmm. is for you, because time is moving so quickly, and we have to be solid within ourselves. So We're speaking with Andrea Adler, the name of her uh, new spiritual novel, Pushing Upward. Andrea, hang in there. We're going to go to some messages when we come back. We'll ask her more about her personal life as well as the book and how they intertwine each other. As she has said that she is the book, the book is her in some forms and fashions. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio talk show, 1-800-548-8255. Pure Positive Talk every Saturday. 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. I am filled with gratitude for the fact that you're choosing to spend a little bit of your lifetime here with us every Saturday. After these messages, we continue. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Bringing me out the dark Finally I can 
David Essel alive every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Welcome aboard, gang. 1-800-548-8255. My guest, Andrea Adler, uh, her spiritual novel, Pushing Upward, winner of the 2012 Los Angeles Book Festival Award. Andrea, that had to feel pretty darn good, huh? Well, even better, not better, but in addition, I just found out from Hay House that they have made pushing upward the pick of the month for October. So I'm very nice. pleased. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's Now, as you finish writing the book and you look back at, um, at, at, at the process of writing, getting it picked up, the editing process, having it published, how have you changed personally through this process? Well, it certainly gives one, as a writer, more confidence to... You know, there's always been a sequel in my mind for this book because, you know, the journey continues for Sandra Billings. And so it's given me confidence to move on. I mean, I was going to write the sequel anyway, but when you're given this award and this recognition for the story, and the story, you know, it's like what makes a story a zeitgeist? You know, the zeitgeist is the spirit of the times or the age it's the overall cultural, ethical, spiritual climate so, uh, combined with the overall ambiance and morals and mood associated with the current era. That's what a zeitgeist is. Like, what makes mm-hmm. a story the zeitgeist? Um, Celestine Prophecy, when it came out, became the zeitgeist because it, it sort of consolidated people's thought process at the time. It was the information that was needed at the time, and it reached the tipping point. I mean, we all want our books, our stories, our films, our dance, our artwork to reach that tipping point. And I don't know what's going to happen with Pushing Upward, but I do believe, because it reaches so many different demographics, that it will reach some kind of zeitgeist point. And that's what I'm thrilled about the most. And, of course, I didn't write it for that reason. I wrote it because I was so infatuated with this 80-year-old woman who changed my life. How did she change your life? Well, I had come out to Los Angeles to pursue a theatrical career and placed an ad in the L.A. Times, drama student in need of room and board in exchange for housekeeping. I met some very crazy, dangerous men from the ad, <laughs> you zany women, and ultimately met this woman, Emma, who was 80 years old, 80 years old, and I moved in with her, and both our lives changed. And it was this relationship that gave me more love than I had ever received by anyone up until that time, and it was a testament to this woman that I sat down and wrote this book. And so, you know, what carries us for years to write a story, especially when it's so close to ourselves, it takes a long time to distance ourselves and be objective about the story and continue on. It's the passion. Mm -hmm. And that's part of, you know, the zeitgeist. You know, we see in Sandra our desires and our foibles 
and our, determ- our own determinations to get up and brush off the mud and debris from our falls and start over again. And with each time, with more fervor and gusto, and we're rooting for Sandra because of our own desire to win and our own desire to move through whatever karma we may have to deal with that blocks our easy path. And so, you know, they say only the strong survive. Well, as far as I'm concerned with pushing upwards, Sandra reminds us that it takes more than strength. It takes heroic insight and pure, unadulterated passion. And, and also something that I'm picking up through the story, too, it takes others. Oh, absolutely, it takes others. You know, they say it takes a village. You know, Hillary right. said it takes a village to write her book. Right. Well, it took yes. you know, many villages and many, many yogis and <laughs> many people <laughs> to come to fruition, absolutely. You yeah, know, to bring this together. The editor and the publisher and the agent and all the people in my life that said, gee, why not add this to the story? And I go, wow, what a great idea. Up until about a week before he was even handed in to Hay House, it's really our obligation to listen. In fact, Neil Simon, uh, who I was uh, in a play with on Broadway, I was an, an actress for many years, he said, I don't write anything. I just walk around and listen to what people have to say. Mm-hmm. And that gave me tremendous insight. It's like, you know, we don't have to... I mean, I had the story already. I didn't have to go anywhere or listen to anybody. But I began to listen to people who had very intelligent observations and critiques. And I would read the story to different populations. And everybody had something to bring to the table. And I think you learn that as an artist. Uh, even Mm -hmm. as an actress, where you have a director, and he says, you know, you may want to cross that stage thinking about this, or Mm -hmm. you're open to the process. And those people who are closed or myopic, they're not going to get the best story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to that in regards to your life, too, when it comes to your marriage, your body, your career, your finances. People are coming from all sides giving advice. When we shut it down, the chance of growth is so, so small. The name of the novel, a spiritual novel, Pushing Upward, Andrea Adler, has been our guest and the author of it. Andrea, most greatest success possible for you, not only with the book, but with your move back east. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and uh, your invitation. And I just wanted to share one last thing. My son, who is a brilliant composer and musician, said to me, Mom, it's all about tension and release. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we listen to people and sometimes we have to turn it all off. And sometimes we have to bring in that tension to our artistic endeavor, and sometimes we have to, like, lay back and let it loose. Effort and grace. Amen. Amen. Andrea, thank you so much. God bless. Bye-bye. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. Coming up next, a topic that you're going to want to hang in there. It's about kissing and sex. And I'm going to read a review for you and get your feedback. David Essel in the box. Stay there.
Ah, uh, yeah, you gotta love Pitbull, don't you? 1-800-548-8255. Listen, if you really enjoyed David Essel Live as much as we enjoyed putting it out there and you miss a segment or you want to hear the show again, go to iTunes slash David Essel Alive, just iTunes slash David Essel Alive, and uh, Google it, and you can listen to past shows. Will Wilkerson, uh, right here, a, a huge cog in our machine, puts these shows up all the time onto iTunes, and so you can listen to them absolutely free. Check it out. And then if you want to stay in touch with us during the week on Facebook, like our page, David Essel Alive, Twitter, follow me at David Essel, LinkedIn, follow me at David, at David Essel, and we put up tips, multiple tips a day on motivation, health, making great decisions, living the life of your dreams. So stay in tune with us, not just Saturdays for three hours, but but every day, one 800 Five four eight eight two five five. Let's go to Chuck in New England. You're on with David Essel. Hey, David, how you doing? This is Chuck in a truck, stomping around New England in a big old truck. How are you, man? <laughs> Chuck, good to talk to you, man. Yeah. So, uh, the good show tonight. Uh, something about uh, is an email uh, about how do I stay happy or something to the effect of that. I yes. have found it all a matter of perspective. It depends on how you look at it. Look at Thomas Edison. They say, you know, he invented the light bulb, which he really didn't. It was German scientist. But anyways, he said that he didn't figure out how to make a light bulb. He figured out a thousand ways how not to make a light bulb. Right on. Uh, some people would say that that's a thousand failures. Other people say that's a thousand ways to learn. You know, it, it, it all comes down to perspective. If, if, if you deny yourself... Any, uh, oh, what's the word? Oh, okay, it's like, if you want to go do something and you doubt yourself, you're putting a wall in front of you to already fail. You have to believe right. in yourself. You have to believe that you can accomplish it. And if you need help, feel free to ask somebody. The warrior that recognizes his weaknesses is the one that gives him strength. And I learned that a long time ago. The other thing is that the scientific study that showed how prayer helps people to heal and scientists are completely baffled it's because they're looking in the wrong spot and there is uh, some other studies that uh, actually proves how prayer heals but that, that's a topic for another time but right. great show tonight man Hey, hey, Chuck, thank you very much. And, and I like your comment on perspective. Oh, my Lord. If we, you're right. If we project out that this is going to be really hard or this is never going to work or because of the economy or because my partner's a Virgo or whatever else we throw out there ahead of- <laughs> Hey, that's not fair. I'm a Virgo, okay? <laughs> Basically, it comes down to your perspective. If you think, oh, man, my job sucks, then your job is going to suck. Yeah. I mean, you got, if you go to work, you know, they, they pay me to, you know, all this trailer around and empty it. And that's, that's what they pay me for. I like driving and, you know, it's a great way to make money. <laughs> but all I right. do is empty the trailer every day. You know, I, that's how I look at it. You know, yeah. there's a lot of problems in my job, but it's a good job. And that's, it, it's all about perspective. It'll, it'll alleviate a lot of your stress. And remember, it takes 42 muscles to make a frown, but only three to make a smile. Have a good night, <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. Thank you very much, man. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Always great to hear 
from our listeners. Hey, this is something that is very, very interesting. So uh, I have, as you know, 400 videos on YouTube on all kinds of different topics. And one of them, one of the videos on YouTube is about sex without kissing. And on there, I make a, a pointed statement that if you're in a deep, committed relationship and you want it to be even deeper, even more committed, that you've got to look at the kiss as being an integral part of sex. So here's a response. David, your video saying that kissing should be an important part of sex is way off base. My husband and I of 25 years have great sex two times a week and we never kiss. I would recommend that you redo this video. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's even funnier than the rest of it. Okay, look, I am not redoing the video, so, but I do appreciate your comment, but I'm not doing the video. So what do you think? Do you agree with her? They've been married for 25 years. They have great sex twice a week. They never kiss. Is kissing in regards to sex overblown? In her opinion, it is. What about yours? Do you agree with her? Uh, has there been a shift away in our society, do you think, from the need to kiss during sex? one 800 548 8255-1800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. Are you comfortable with no kissing, just jumping and getting it on? Where do you stand with this? She has a very strong opinion. Uh, She says, I need to redo the video, and that her and her husband of 25 years have great sex two times a week and they never kiss. Do you think on the opposite side of that, do you think that kissing is an integral part of sex? If you have sex with your partner, is kissing mandatory? Like, like, could you imagine like, like this woman having sex twice a week and never kissing during sex? Is she right on or am I on? Who's like, who's the winner here? And just because that I am the host of the show doesn't mean you have to agree with me because we don't go into that, right? We don't buy into that. But there, 1-800-548-8255. There's there's like a wow, a whole line of demarcation here. We have our friend, the emailer, saying that kissing and sex don't have to go along at all. And then you have moi saying that it's an integral. I really, truly believe that kissing is an integral part of sex. Now, does that mean that, you know, if you have sex on a regular basis and every once in a while someone is very randy, and they just go for it, and there is very little, if any, kissing, maybe, right? But on a regular basis, do you think that you can have sex on a regular basis without kissing, and it would be great, it would be fantastic, it's okay? 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. What do you think about that? She's very adamant that... Not only is it not needed that I need to redo the video, and I think that she's whacked, off base, not even close. What do you think? I'm interested to hear what America thinks. I'm very interested to hear what side do you choose? Is it necessary? Is it not necessary? Is it mainly necessary? Every once in a while we can do without it, or it really doesn't mean that much. That you could have great sex constantly, regularly, without any need for kissing whatsoever. Let's go to Tennessee. Trisha, you're on with David Essel. 
Hi. How you doing? Hey, Trisha. Good. What's your thoughts on this? I just want to say that um, I do love my husband. I know he loves me. Uh, we have great sex uh, almost every day, and we just don't kiss. Really? Yeah. Never? <laughs> so, no. I think we only give texts. Put it that way. Give him one right. check as, as we leave for work. But that's, that's supposed to Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, okay, now how long have you been married for? Eight years. Eight years. Now, before you got married, did you ever kiss then during sex? We, no, we did then. We did. Yeah. Was, yeah, we did. Did you like it or no? I did. Yeah, I did like it. I, you know, just uh, I know my my husband um, has some dental issues that that you know he takes care of, and uh, right. that might be part of the problem. But uh, he's a great kisser when he is. <laughs> <laughs> now you and you don't miss that. So for eight years you've been married. In the beginning, you guys kissed and had sex, and now you don't kiss at all, and you don't miss that. No. As long as we're having fun and he enjoys it, and I do too, we're good. Okay, and you and you have sex every day. Just about. Seriously, <laughs> you gotta love that, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <It is. laughs> well, well, listen, and, and what do, what do you think in regards, Trisha? What do you think in regards to the the average person? So you're you're agreeing with the woman that emailed in saying I was way off base. Do you think, if you looked across the country at couples in America regarding kissing and sex, what percentage would you guess, just as a guess, I'm not asking for anything professional here, what percentage of couples do you think, as a guesstimation, would have no interest in kissing during sex out of 100%? You know, I would think, I would think it'd be over 50, definitely. Really? Yeah. It's like um, it's, it's when you're when you're testing each other and you're um, when you're really interested in each other and getting to know each other. It's just like a precursor. It's <laughs> right. But as, but as that as that part of the the, the um, as part of the dating and the marriage and the and life goes on, um, it's, you don't need that as much. I, it's I fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Well, Trisha, thank you so much for being so open and honest with your call. You rock. Okay, have a good one. <laughs> okay, you too. 1-800-548-8255. Okay, now we have two people. Trisha says, as time goes on, she believes over 80% of the U.S. population, couples in the U.S., over 80% of couples in the United States, would agree with her that, that kissing is not necessary during sex. Would you agree? 1-800-548-8255. Uh, would you agree with Trisha and with the emailer who both said it's overblown, it's not necessary? Or would you agree with me, who says that it is incredibly important, that it's an integral part of sex, and that I would want more of it, not less of it? Now, Trisha says that over time, the need to kiss during sex diminishes. In the beginning, when her and her husband dated, they kissed all the time, but now they just don't. They just have sex every day. So they're doing something right. They're having sex every day. What do you think? Do you agree with her that 50% of couples in this country would agree that kissing is not necessary during sex? 1-800-548-8255. Or would you agree with me that it should be? Fascinating conversation. 1-800-548-TALK. I'm David Essel. Back with your calls right after this.
David Essel alive every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to Z in Minnesota. You're on with David Essel, Sex and Kissing. Go for it. Hey, how are you, first of all? Good. Good. What's your thoughts on this topic, Z? Uh, okay, I'm a 62-year-old guy. I'm married for 35. And... Have sex without kissing is something like eating a candy with the paper. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said having sex without kissing is like eating candy with paper on it? Yes, sir. Why? Okay. Yeah, why? <laughs> because the first, okay, first thoughts, the lips to lips, the tongue exchanging the proper biological signals to your body, to the brain. So that's kind of first step or preparation. Kissing is part of petting. Sex without petting, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just, you're not buying it, are you? <laughs> no, no. Totally not. Because, uh, Sex without petting, without those first few steps, uh, going to real sex, is like making a house without foundation. <laughs> Z, I have to tell you, your analogies are really quite fascinating here. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. And I like the point that you're making about the uh, the biology. Uh, you know, I like that, that you're making like the starting of the engines, the kiss. So many times the kiss is what starts those engines roaring, yet... Z, what's fascinating is that we've had several people now, and I've gotten a bunch of more responses. Uh, uh, the one, one person said that they kiss only at the end of sex, which I find very fascinating. But okay. your, your wife must agree with you. Your wife must agree that kissing is an integral part of sex, right? Of course, because like you told a second ago, you could not drive the car without starting the engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I happen, I, I happen to agree. I'm sorry for all those guys who have a sex. Sounds to me like they are afraid of losing the time. I've got the erection, so I have to have that out. Because when I take the Z, you're a trip. Hey, Z, we've got to run, but thank you so much for the call. Okay, 1-800-548-8255, Still looking for your opinions on this. Uh, someone just responded in, oh, my Lord, uh, they're missing a crucial part of sex. Another person said, uh, it feels cheap without kissing. Interesting. Uh, and then another person I just spoke about a minute ago is that we kissed only at the end of sex, and they didn't say anything more about that. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating topic. 
and and as we, we will carry this through on another show as well. But if you want to quickly give your opinion on it, one eight hundred five four eight talk one eight hundred five four eight talk. Fascinating that Trisha and her husband believe that it is not crucial, and that fifty percent of couples around America would agree with them that it's not a crucial part of sex. So why would I feel so strongly about this? Why would I feel that uh, that that the kiss? Uh, well, one of the things that Z said is it is a starting block. You know, it, it really, really is. Um, the other thing I see, I feel, is that it's it's a critical part of intimacy. It's almost like, um, you know, if someone was going to run a marathon, they wouldn't just start out with a full sprint. Like if they wanted to sprint at the end as the true professional marathoners do sprint at the end. The rest of us just barely make it across the line. But, you know, you wouldn't start a marathon out with a full sprint. So we'd sort of ease our way into it. And I feel personally and professionally when I work with couples is that, you know, that that easing into that intimate aspect of making love is done with the kiss. It's also done with eye contact. It's done with touch. It's done with candles. It's done with oils. It's done with scents. It's done with all these different apparatus and mood enhancers, right? So if it's working for you, Without the kiss, I can't tell you to change that. But the other question that I bring up with clients when I work with them and they come in and they want to reach a deeper level of intimacy and there's no kissing because I see this on a monthly basis is I ask, what's the block? Like they want to go deeper, but they're not kissing. So are there resentments? Do we feel like we're just in the act? Like, does one person have a very high sex drive and the other one doesn't? Does one person have uh, a desire to to have sex a lot, to make love a lot, but the other person might have resentments, and so they're just sort of going through the motions? Now, you know in your heart and soul as a couple if you're connecting during intimacy and sex, and you know if you're not. But we believe in our work as a professional in this field that that kiss is a step of intimacy that takes it deeper. We'll talk about this more. Uh, absolutely, we'll talk about it more in the future. And I want to thank really quickly everyone that, that worked so hard to put the show together. Nathan Staten, uh, the show studio engineer, Will Wilkerson, segment producer, uh, April O'Leary, the guest producer, Deborah Grobman, brand manager, Vivi, doing our Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter postings, and more. And David Essel Live can be heard around the world online, online streaming powered by Error FM Live at errorfm.com. Everyone, I mean, there's so many people, other people, too, behind the scenes that do such great work. I want to thank you all. Hey, and don't forget about you can stay in touch with us with our new VIP texting service Oh, my Lord, this is pretty exciting. And if you join anytime, you can join right now. Just type in the number into your phone, 69302. This is a way that we can send to you once a week, every Saturday, a free motivational gift. Then type in the message, Talk David, hit send, and then we will send you a gift. So it's very, very easy. Type in the number 69302. Then the message, where you put the message, just write in Talk David. Hit send, and we'll send you a free gift. And don't forget to save my name, David, as a contact for the code 69302. So when the text comes in, you'll open it up, and it won't be some wacko stuff, right? <laughs> you'll actually open it. Hey, let me let me leave you with this thought. 
Remember, today could be the day that life starts to turn around, but you have to make a decision to do something different to make it happen. Reaching out and asking for help, changing your attitude, shift. It's all about the shift. Be bold, be strong, be positive. I'm David Essel. Till next week, rock on.